You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast. Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey there, and welcome back to the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All. I'm the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media. We are a Pinterest management agency. We help you find your perfect person on Pinterest. Today is a fun episode. I'm so excited to share it with you. It is episode 299 as well. Let's all take a moment to celebrate that. 299 episodes. It's amazing. Episode 300 will be amazing. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. That's too much pressure. But today I have a delightful conversation with Lauren Tilden, who runs the Making Good podcast. We are going to be talking about keys to marketing consistently. But our conversation is so much around where we put our energy, where we put our time, and how we can really market in the places that help us be consistent, help us go forward. It's such a great, delightful, meandering conversation. And I hope you walk away with a few aha moments that you can put into your business and really help your business get better. But before we dive in, I want to tell you a little bit about the service that we provide at Simple Pin Media. Of course, we are a dynamic Pinterest marketing agency. I think we're one of the best. Little bit bias on that. But we have been working to support small business owners, both content creators or product sellers over the last eight years and working with so many Pinterest accounts that we really take that experience the tactics, the strategies, the best practices, and we put it all together to serve our clients. And so if you are looking to take Pinterest marketing off your plate, we are ready for you. Our discovery to call team is amazing. In fact, I met with them the other day to do some practice calls. And it was just so delightful to hear how much they love meeting with y'all who listen to the podcast. They talk specifically about podcast listeners being so delightful and so excited to talk about how Simple Pin Media can serve their Pinterest marketing needs. We have a new service, our accelerator, that really gets you set up and ready to go on Pinterest fast. So meet with them. It's totally free, 25 minutes. And you can figure out if this is the next step you need to make to extend your marketing. And this is especially as we're talking about in this podcast, places that give us energy for marketing and things that drain us. And I know from a lot of you that Pinterest marketing can be draining. It can be overwhelming. Some people even go onto Pinterest and they feel anxious and they start with this whole comparison trap. And so we want to be able to help you use Pinterest marketing as a really great arm for your business so that you can focus on the places where you do have energy and excitement and you really want to invest. So you can find out more by going to simplepinmedia.com slash services. Again, that's simplepinmedia.com slash services. All right. Now let's dive into my conversation with Lauren. Hey, Lauren, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with you too. And as we were chatting before, you just have so much experience in a lot of areas with business. And I, I'm just excited to dive in and start you know, my major fact finding. So let's <laughs> start first with... Um, I love the tagline on your site, which is your small business can make a big impact. 
So tell me more about like why you chose that and how it kind of weaves into your story as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that that's where we're starting because I feel super, super strongly about that. Um, I think my background is in corporate marketing before I started out as a small business owner. And I think growing up, I always felt like you had to kind of choose between working in business or like doing something good for the world and that there wasn't really much overlap between the two. And as I got out, as I really got into the small business world, I started with a stationary business and I have a brick and mortar and exploring those businesses and all the other business owners I met, I, I realized really quickly that small business owners actually can make a huge impact on the world around them in so many different ways, whether it's like donations or advocacy or, um, some of the like softer impacts of just like empowering people around them or providing products that are really needed and solve problems. And so the podcast is originally was really just an exploration of all the different ways that small businesses can make a positive impact. And over the last couple of years that I've had it, um, we've kind of focused in on marketing because I have come to believe and see that doing better, stronger marketing is one of the best ways to make a positive impact because it just expands your resources and your reach and your impact, your potential impact. So um, the podcast is a lot about marketing and it's a lot about mindset and just all of the different things that go into um, running a small business and running it effectively. And to me, marketing has a ton to do with that. I'm sure as a marketing agency, you probably agree with that. So absolutely. That's a really cool. So I'm curious for you, like going from corporate marketing to the small business space, Was that a pretty easy leap for you or was there a lot of difficulties in kind of changing kind of your, you know, your, your brain space and like, no, we're not thinking like super big. We're thinking smaller or how was that transition for you? Yeah. So I worked in smaller groups within corporate marketing. So I didn't work for like Starbucks or Nordstrom. I worked for in the market research industry for Mm. basically agencies or media companies that supported those huge companies with market research. So I'm surprisingly used to more scrappy, like low, not low budget. Like I yeah. have a much lower budget now, but I'm not used to the like, oh, let's do a million dollar ad campaign. Like I've never mm. really worked in those environments. So it, it's been pretty natural. Um, I know one of the things that we are planning to talk about today is burnout. And that's really, I would say the biggest difference between my my experience in corporate America and what I do now is just like that whole transition just happened because I got super, super burned out to the point where I was like sick. (laughs) So I just. So tell us more about that. I would love to hear that. Yeah. I, so I worked in corporate marketing and corporate events for probably about eight years. Um, And toward the end of it, I was just, I think part of it was like my heart really wasn't in it. Um, but it was, it was a lot of work that I didn't feel aligned with. And that was, I don't know, it was a lot of travel. It was a lot of kind of wear and tear late nights, um, logistical, like schlepping work. I put on corporate conferences for part of my career. So at the end of it, I just was having all these kind of mystery symptoms, like nothing huge, but just stuff that wasn't right. And, um, I, what I ended up doing, and I'm really privileged and fortunate enough to have been able to do this, but I ended up just quitting. Like 
I did not have a plan B and my partner was, you know, able to keep us going. And I um, gave my boss a bunch of notice, but I did not know what was next. And I didn't feel like I had the bandwidth while I was like in that burnt out state to figure it out. So I just quit. And I had a couple of ideas of things I might explore, but it was really the first time in my life where I like, um, I don't know, I've always been really like, don't want any gaps in my resume type person. And so that was the first time where I was willing to put myself first and um, trust that I could figure it out by just following my, what interests me and what I was curious about. And that has been so true. And I think that's one of the reasons I love working in small business so much is that it's just a ton of people who ended up doing what they're doing because they love something, right? Versus like, that's just where they landed. So, so yeah, I think burnout overall just comes from like a long period of being exhausted and overwhelmed. And it, it's, I'm now much quicker to notice when I'm starting to feel that way. Like for me, it's like when I get irritable and I'm feeling less patient and I oftentimes it'll be like, I can't sleep as well. I'm normally a really good sleeper, but I'll just like have my monkey mind like spinning all the time. So I can pick up on the signs a lot easier now and try to slow down. Which is good. Do you feel like for you, having experienced that, you can more quickly spot it in people in your community, like by words they use or things they say? Um, can you see like, hey, wait a minute, like you look like you're headed towards burnout or do you not pick up on it as much with other people? I think what I can pick up on a lot, and maybe you have noticed this with your with your clients as well, is overwhelm. I think that's one of the biggest, it's definitely connected to burnout. And I think it's one of the biggest challenges when it comes to marketing, because marketing is not one of those things in business where you check it off your list and then it's done. Like, let me fulfill my orders, check, done. Or let me do, you know, reconcile my bookkeeping. Marketing never ends. You could always be doing more. You could always be doing things differently. You could always be seeing, you always want to be seeing probably more results than you are. So it's really easy to get overwhelmed with marketing unless you really have the discipline to create a plan and kind of stick to it. Um, and as things come up, as new platforms emerge, as the shiny objects come your way, you know, evaluate them, certainly. Like, I'm not suggesting that we all stick with the same thing forever, but um, I think it's so important to make a plan that really takes into account your actual bandwidth and your life and your resources what you can handle and then stick to that. And, um, you know, that's really what I work with people in my membership community. That's, I would say the biggest focus that we have is just coming up with that plan. We, we work in monthly plans. So coming up with a plan for the month and then actually sticking to it and um, making sure that that plan is based on what their specific goals are, because marketing obviously can accomplish a lot of different things. It can you know, there's a lot of different outcomes. And so we want to design marketing that is going to help us get the outcomes that we are most interested in. So, so I would yeah, say just to bring it back, I, yeah. I can spot overwhelm really easily. I, I Burnout is harder. It's just so there's so many layers to it, you know? True. You can't necessarily see someone sleeping at night and be like, <laughs> you're, you're not sleeping. You're, you're burning sleeping out. Well. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, let's tap into that overwhelm a little bit because I'm curious to hear like what you feel like has worked because you said something key here, which was so many people want to, you know, have it be something they check off their list. And 
I know for people who follow me when it comes to Pinterest, they do have that list checking. Okay, I'm going to schedule, I'm going to create images, I'm going to do all these things. And then Pinterest comes out with something new and it's like it sends them into a tailspin and they don't know how to take this piece and add it in. And then it becomes this like either or. Okay, either I'm going to lean into it and continue with my plan and I'm just going to bury my head in the sand and I'm not going to look at this new feature or (laughs) I'm going to go all in on this feature and I'm going to forget about my plan. And then I'm going to eventually be completely overwhelmed by this new stuff because it's going to change 75 times before they get to the final iteration of they want what they want this new feature to be. And so how do you approach that with people who have kind of those two personalities? The one is give me a plan, set it and forget it. Platforms, please don't change ever. And then the <laughs> I'm going to embrace everything out there. I'm going to do 75 million TikToks immediately. So take both of those and how you, if I was sitting before you in both of those seats, kind of how would you evaluate that to help somebody really come up with a consistent plan? Yeah. Well, I think it's important when we're thinking about planning to, I guess, plan for and understand that plans need to be flexible. Plans to me, I've done a lot of thinking recently about what does it mean to actually stick to a plan? And to me, it doesn't mean 100% perfect compliance. It just means that you're generally going in that direction, right? That's the trajectory you're on. So um, I think when we're, that's a really interesting, like kind of two profiles of people that you just articulated. I definitely see a lot of the second, like the people who, when something new comes out, that it's really easy to get kind of frenzied about it and go all in and drop the ball with like, the other things that you've been doing. So that's why I'm a big fan of working, like creating plans month by month. And in the beginning of every month, you know, getting revisiting with your most important goals, like what you're really striving for the most, Um, getting really honest with your bandwidth. Second is how much time can you actually spend on marketing every week? Um, This is a step that I think many people miss in making their plans because you know, they look around at all the advice they're seeing come at them and all the inputs and, you know, I should do TikTok and Pinterest and Instagram and this and this and this and this. And they don't really consider like, yes, great. It'd be awesome if you could do all those things. But most of us just don't have the bandwidth or resources for that. So it's really important, I think, to get clear about how much time you can actually spend so that you can prioritize the things that are going to be most relevant to your goals and your ideal customers and where they are. So um, I think the second step is to get really clear on your bandwidth. Um, And then choosing your platforms. Again, this is really for me, this is answering this question is one, where do your ideal customers hang out most? And two, like what feels good and energizing for you? I'm a big fan of like, capitalizing on your enthusiasm. I think it's really contagious when you, you can feel it when someone creates content that they're excited about and you can feel it when they're just doing it to check it off their list. So I actually think that's really important. Um, I noticed for me that my content, when I really care about it, it just does better. And, you know, I think that's something we can all try to build into our marketing. So which Um, one gives you energy? What gives me what platforms? Yeah. Email and my podcast okay. are kind of my my two favorites. Um, and I think it's because I do, I really like longer form content. 
but sometimes I'm Instagram to an extent. Are you? Oh yeah. Email and podcast all the way. I think. Oh, perfect. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm not to convince think, you. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I think actually, um, I think actually what really sometimes trips me up is that Instagram, TikTok, and even, well, Pinterest not to, Pinterest is a great arm for long form content, right? Because mm-hmm. people are primed to read articles and move off the platform. Whereas our attention spans are much less than like Instagram. I joke right. that Pinterest is like the library and Instagram is like the bar. Like one is very noisy and then one is very quiet. <laughs> um, yeah. And long form content does better. But I think to that point about like energy and what's going to give you this flow and everything. I think sometimes, I don't know if you've experienced this too, as long form content lovers will say, and we really enjoy it. I think the trap we get into at times is how to market those pieces on social media and feel consumed with how to like squeeze as much lemon juice out of the lemon, right? Like how can we repurpose the crap out of this thing to distribute it everywhere? And for me, that is what burns me out because I feel this pressure to then take something that I love with the email and the podcast and then distribute it into these small pieces and parts. And you hear these people talk about it and doing it in the most efficient way. And I know for me, that is where I, I lose energy. Like I, I've lost it. So I, I'd be curious to hear what you think about that. Yeah, I'm similar. And it sounds like if I'm hearing you right, like what is really exciting to you about the long form content is the like creative process in it, right? Like coming up with content that's new and, you know, came from your brain and repurposing is not quite as fun because it's, it's like you've already done the creative part of it. I just try, I guess I, I think of it in terms of primary content. So I think of my podcast as my primary content. And then, so I create that first and then I kind of borrow bits and pieces of it for all the other platforms, including email. Um, so that's kind of the way that I approach that. Do I feel like I've maximized all of the content that I've made? Absolutely not. I mean, that's something I think about a lot. Um, but yeah, I do a little bit of it, but I think, I think I'm with you in terms of it's tough because yeah, yeah. The, the prevailing advice, which makes a lot of sense is like, like you say, like squeeze as much juice out of it as you can once you've made it. But I think the enthusiasm can be kind of gone by the time you're done with that. Right. So. Yeah. Which I think, you know, as we're talking this out and like, Somebody who's listening, I think probably would be like me with that aha moment where you just described it as primary content. Like the primary content is the first love, right? And that's the thing where you do pour out all the all this energy. And then the burden then becomes to put it in all these places that articulate it so well that people want to read more of it. But you look at this piece, or I do, I should say, I look at when I write an email or, you know, when I take in, you know, write out a solo podcast, maybe. And I think there's so much good things in there. Like, I don't know what to pull out. And social media these days is so much about sound bites and little pieces that get you like, so excited about something. But it's almost like the moment has passed sometimes when you're in the moment with your primary content. 
So I actually like thinking about it in that realm of primary and secondary and which like mm-hmm. I'm talking this out as we're talking, but I think that yeah. secondary content of saying, okay, I can't give as much energy to this and that's okay, but mm-hmm. I'm going to share the things that I loved from the primary over there and hope that it resonates with somebody instead of chasing this like constant or being on that hamster wheel of how can I continue to just get the maximum amount of energy that I did in the primary and put it in the secondary. Like you just can't because it would be like saying to somebody who loves Instagram, who like really geeks out on reels or something like that. I know very few people like that, but I know they're (laughs) out there and they might say to me like, Oh, in the moment, I love creating reels. I'm so creative. And if you asked me to write an email or a blog post, I would basically curl up and like fall asleep. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. So now this is making more sense to me, this primary versus secondary. Yeah, I think giving yourself permission to really focus on what lights you up the most is never going to be a bad move. Um, and yeah, we can't go all in on everything. So I I totally go all in on my podcast. Um, I go pretty hard on my emails. And Instagram, like... Is I let myself play with it a little bit more. I do like to set out like this is what I'm going to post and this is broadly what it'll be about. But um, I feel like the energy level that I put into it's just a, it's at a lower, I don't know, lower bar. Um, and that's one of honestly one of the biggest things when it comes to consistency for me is letting yourself set a low bar. So for me, um, like I like to think about that like what I call the tale of two to do lists. So imagine to-do list one is for somebody who starts the morning, they make this really long to-do list. It's got like 10 items on it. Uh, By the end of the day, they've gotten through three and they have seven items that did not get done and have to get moved to the next day. And they just feel kind of discouraged and like they let themselves down. Whereas let's talk about person in the second scenario, they make a to-do list with three items on it because they have kind of accounted for the actual time and energy that they have. They get to the end of the day, they've accomplished three items and maybe they even have a little energy left. So they tackle something else, but they end their day feeling like really with momentum and inspired and energized. And I think that's just such a better, like in both scenarios, they got the same amount of things done. But when you set yourself up for success by not overcommitting, by not um, creating these like, just kind of like unkindly long, you know, to-do list that you're just most of the time never going to be able to get through. I think that's a really great way to help yourself kind of kick off that consistency because you feel good at the end of the day and you're excited to do it again tomorrow and you don't just feel kind of like discouraged. Um, and, and the other way that I like to think about setting a low bar is by being an imperfectionist. I have struggled with perfectionism my entire life. I still do to an extent. It is a daily practice of having to remind myself that just because something isn't perfect doesn't mean it doesn't have a lot of value. And actually, if I'm willing to just put things out into the world that maybe feel like, you know, 85, 90% of what I want them to be, that actually enables me to make more of a positive impact than if I'm holding all of that stuff back because I don't know. There's like, I don't like the Canva design I used or some small thing that is so easy to get hung up on if you're, if you have these perfectionistic tendencies like me. So I think 
with consistency, it's so much easier to do when each task on that list of things you're trying to be consistently consistent with doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to get done. Yeah. I like that low bar. I'm a, <laughs> I have you taken the Enneagram? I have. Yeah. I'm a three and I'm a <laughs> overachiever. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the, the low bar is like the constant battle of like, yeah, let's only put three things instead of 10. I did that this morning. Right. And sometimes I think there's one of the things that has helped me is like a brain dump of all the things I can, like the expectations I have in my brain that sound mm-hmm. kind of crazy to say out loud, but I need to get them out of there because they're just clouding so much. It's like the, the, you should do this are so dominant yeah. in my thoughts. Wow. Like, you should do TikTok. You should do this. You should do, well, yeah, I can literally our social media marketing and then primary marketing can be taken up with every hour of our day, right? Like we could work forever and never stop. And at some point you have to go, who I'm going to reach is who I'm going to reach. And then how can I serve them well in the best way consistently? And I think that's what I'm hearing you say is like, set that bar to where it can be manageable for you so that you can really keep up that energy do that plan every month and stay the mm-hmm. course so that you don't burn out so that you don't hit that yeah. point where, well, let's just burn it all down <laughs> you know? yeah, and not th- do it again. Absolutely. I think a lot about like, even just, and I don't know your podcasting story, but even my podcasting experience for the first like six months, I don't think the podcast broke 500 downloads in a month. And I still kept doing it. Like I still once a week put out an episode and I will say I'm not like a super consistent person. Like that's not my history, I guess. Like there have been so many things that I've started and not finished. And I think the podcast is one of the first things that I really stuck with. And I think it's because I love doing it. So after, you know, the six months of doing it week in, week out, would I have seen faster results if I had published a podcast episode every day? Probably, but then I would have burned out <laughs> and then I would not have gotten to where I am, which is like, it's not the biggest podcast in the world, but I have a whole new line of my business that just came out of, you know, people who listen to the podcast. So consistency is not sexy. It's like very, it's slow. It's um, the results don't come overnight. It's really a matter of putting the work in and having the faith that you're going to see something on the other end of it down the line. Um, But it's, I think it's probably one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful thing you can do in marketing is just keep doing it. Keep showing up. Well, somebody told me that too, when I started the podcast, they said, um, they said, you need to set up a system where you won't burn out. Like, because if you don't set up a system where it's, you can keep going. You'll never make it past. What is it like? Most podcasters don't make it past like 10 episodes or something like that. Yeah. I think it's like seven. Yeah. Yeah. And they, cause I was, you know, tossing around this idea and they were like, if you hate editing, do not, do not do it. Or if you hate, you know, this other piece of podcasting, like writing show notes, don't do it. Like whatever you love of podcasting, whatever you're picturing today, put that, do that. And then outsource everything else. And I was like, okay, 
Like I didn't even like argue or anything. I, and I must've heard it from four to five people. And I, and I, this appalls most people when I tell them, I never look at my podcast analytics. Like I, I don't even know what I gotten. I don't even know what I get now. And that's part of the reason I don't do it is I, let me back up. I have people who tell me what's happening, but I am <laughs> not driven to right. go look at it, right? Like it's not my first thing to be like, how many downloads did I get? Or what did this do? I'm more with the thing like, I know what it is I'm struggling with. And I know I've heard other people in spaces talk about these things or people email me back. So let's just keep having conversations with the people who are listening. And hopefully an episode, especially like this one, people will take those aha moments and they'll put them into practice in their business and go, okay, now I can do that. And now I can Mm -hmm. do that. And it's almost like thinking about that is what fuels me. And yeah, every time I say I don't look at my analytics, people are like, what? I know I should. I just, it doesn't do it for me. It doesn't do anything for me. I think that's such a good point that anyone doing any kind of marketing can really channel is when you think about the end impact of your marketing, that is a really easy way to be like much more relentless and like committed to it, I guess. If I'm thinking like, for example, if I have a membership program and if I was, if I'm doing a launch for it, you know, we all kind of sometimes bump up against that barrier of like, oh, am I, am I being too salesy? Like, is this too yeah. much for people? And what I remind myself is I know if they join, like it can change things for them in a really big way. And so when you get in touch with people's, like with the impact that what you're doing can make, which I think just about every small business owner, like there is some positive impact that comes out of people buying your product or your service. When you're really tied to that over, you know, the vanity metrics or the stats, like that's, it's so much more motivating um, to just keep that at the front of your mind. And a great way to do that, a great way, by the way, to to get that information is to ask for like reviews and testimonials. And I'm kind of reminding myself right now, but (laughs) I'm going through the process right now of getting some because I'm doing a launch soon. And yeah, it reading those testimonials, even or even the reviews of the podcast, it's just like all of the energy I need (laughs) to to keep going. So if you haven't done that recently, like ask for reviews or ask for testimonials or feedback, even it is like, it's such an energy boost. It is. It's like the best coffee ever (laughs) to like get you excited and motivated. So well, and I think too, with podcasting, especially, there's not really a good channel to get feedback. It's like Mm -hmm. you record it and you put it out into the world and you're like, I have no idea whose ears I'm in. I have no no idea like what time of day, what they're doing, where they're at. I don't even know like what platform they use half the time because there's like seven different podcast players Mm -hmm. out there. And so you do, I, I, that is such a great reminder. Like, think about like your impact full circle moment from where we started of (laughs) that. Even if you feel small, it doesn't matter. Like you can make an impact on somebody and somebody tells somebody else and somebody tells somebody else, because we have all had Mm -hmm. those business experiences where we're like, either we're at a conference or we listen to a podcast. I don't know about you, but I'm always sharing podcasts with friends. Like, Oh my gosh, I thought of you. You totally need to listen to this. And that is the most powerful impact we will never see, right? Because yeah. you can't track shares. 
But yeah, those those build lifelong readers, listeners, or whatever. And man, you just never know when that opportunity is going to come about, which is totally it's like you got to trust in what you're doing. Yeah. If you're really excited about what you're doing, if you're making quality content or a quality product, like it does speak for itself. And I totally agree with you. The best marketing in the world is not the marketing we do. It's the marketing that other people do for us because they're, you know, just endorsing what we're doing through their good experiences. So, um, yeah, in some ways, the best marketing you can do is just providing something that is really high quality and really helps people. And that's, um, you can do that through your products. You can do that through your marketing. And so I just, I know you do this, Kate, because I know that your podcast is full of tons of incredible value, but I just like to think about adding value through my marketing, not just asking people to buy things, but showing them that I can help solve things for them. Um, so, yeah. Mm, I love that. So good. Okay, I'm going to take a hard right here, but that's okay. We're nearing the end. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, you have a book club. So I was, I was yeah. noticing this. So tell me more about like how this came about, what it is. And I am a big like... Okay, so I'm not a huge reader, but I do love nonfiction, but I got a little burned out on like too many business books. You mm-hmm. know, I was like, eh. so tell me about the book club, all the history, bring me up to speed on it. Yeah, so I love business books too. And that's kind of where the book club came from is um, we read once a month, my co-host Sherelle Griffiths. She is a big books person. She's had book clubs before. She's a marketing strategist. Um, we choose a book to read every month and we talk about it on the podcast and um, we invite listeners to read too. But if you don't want to read the book, our goal each month is to talk about the book and specifically to talk about it in a way that we kind of try to pull out the key takeaways for small businesses. Because I think a lot of books, it's a, it can be hard to apply it to small businesses. A lot of times the examples are like, you know, Starbucks did this or Apple did this. And you're like, okay, but I'm not those companies. So our goal is really to pull out the key takeaways for small businesses in particular. Um, And we've done a lot of different books on marketing topics, on mindset. We've done profit first. We've covered a lot of different ground, but... um, What's your favorite book so far? You know, the book that I always come back to is Atomic Habits. Oh, um, yeah, that was good. Have you read it? Yeah. I have. Mm-hmm. And again, this is not a business book, but it's about how to how to stick with things consistently, really, is, is what I would say it's about. Um, the name Atomic Habits is, is, was named that way because if you think about what an atom is, it's like the smallest possible particle in the universe with, that everything is made of. And likewise, like an atomic habit is something that is very, very tiny, a tiny thing that you do every day. But like, as you build on these, huge results come out of it. Um, And if I can just give one key takeaway from that book, it would be accountability is like the secret sauce. This is so core to how I run my business now because I need accountability So I try to build in accountability with my audience. For example, I say my podcast comes out every Tuesday. I talk about the fact that it comes out every Tuesday a lot just to continue building in that accountability where I know now if it doesn't come out, like people, if it hasn't come out in the morning first thing, because I'm I'm behind for some reason, 
people ask me about it. And that accountability is so powerful. I know that people are waiting for it. So I do it. Um, I also build an accountability with my peers, like with other small business owners, I commit to doing things and check in with them. And then with your customers too, I think you can, by telling them what you're going to deliver to them when you can build an accountability that way. And accountability for me is how things get done. I put it every possible place that I can in my business because I know that if I'm the only person that knows about a deadline, I am very likely to drop the ball on it. So I don't love that about myself, but I know that it's true. And so I've just, every corner of my business, I've built in as much accountability as I can. And I think anyone who resonates with anything I'm saying, you'll be amazed by how much of an impact creating some accountability for yourself with other people has. Yeah. We were actually talking about it yesterday in my entrepreneurs organization group. There are seven of us. We've been together for like 16 months and we just read the book, Atomic Habits. And it was interesting because as we were giving like our updates, people were like, I really want to get in shape. And I just feel like that was on my like transformation. That's what I wanted to do this year. And we're not doing it. And as we connected the dots, it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, we need the accountability of each other. We need a goal. We need a contract. We need a time frame. Like, let's do this together. And that book also changed how I went into this year. And I made a commitment to get strong because before it would be like, I want to lose weight or I wanted to whatever. It was all these Mm -hmm. different, like very, like just ambiguous things, right? Like, but Mm -hmm. not really tangible things. And when he talked about the guy who went to the gym, he just drove to the parking lot, walked in and walked out. It was like, that's all they wanted him Mm -hmm. to do. I was like, that's such a powerful, like everybody else would look at that and say, well, you drove there. Why are you not working out? But he's like, he needed to do that one thing of just like going to the parking lot and, you know, tiny, tiny little thing to build on tiny little thing. Such a good book. If anyone listening has not read it, absolutely pick it up. It's, it's fantastic. It's a game changer and you can apply it to any part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so true. Um, Okay. I have loved this conversation with you. One, it's been great getting to know you and your business and all of that. And I know there's going to be people people who want to connect with you and learn more about you. So where can they go to start chatting with you and reading probably your amazing emails? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love hanging out on email. Um, So you can sign up for that at my podcast website. It's probably the easiest place. So if you go to makinggoodpodcast.com, you can learn more about me and check out past episodes. Um, I'm actually going to be lucky enough to have Kate on the podcast pretty soon. So she'll be sharing more marketing magic there. But yeah, I would say the best places to connect with me are on my email list, uh, listening to the podcast, because as I mentioned, that's where I kind of put my heart and soul when it comes to my content. And then Instagram, I do hang out there too. So I'm at Lauren Tilden and that's L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-L-D-E-N. So great. And we will have all the links to in our show notes at simplepinmedia.com slash 299. 299, which means next Woo! is 300, which is crazy. Congratulations. That's uh, wild. It's just a while for sure. So we're going to do a big giveaway to celebrate. I was joking 
I actually don't know if we're doing this, but I was joking. We need to do like a $300 gas gift card for how expensive <laughs> gas is right now. Yeah, I was like, who cares timely. about Amazon? People are like going to want a Chevron card or something like that. Oh my gosh. So yeah. we were dying. So that'll be a fun one. But Lauren, thanks so much for your time. And I just um, think there were so many pieces of wisdom that you dropped here. Just the reminders that even for me, taking away that primary marketing and secondary marketing really ch- is a game changer for me and how I view it and where I put my energy. So thank you for that. I really appreciate your time today. Oh, yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yay.